Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another episode. And today I'm very pleased to discuss an important topic, a topic that is now on the mouth of everybody. Technology, sustainability, the interaction of the two. And we are doing with an expert, a professor of the Hamad bin Khalifa University in Qatar, Ayman Erbad. Welcome Ayman to our podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sam. It's great to be with you here on this uh, very excellent podcast. Your research is wonderful. The work you're doing uh, there at the Bin Khalifa University is at the forefront you know, of putting technology and, um, of course, sustainability. But usually, before that, we ask people a bit about themselves, their research journey, how you have become an expert on this topic. In my undergraduate uh, studies uh, around the last year, I started to get more into research and more into things that uh, will have some influence uh, on people. So one concept that was very intriguing to me was this idea of uh, uh, ubiquitous computing. So so the idea there, uh, and we are talking now in the early 2000s, people were uh, mostly interacting with the desktops and laptops. Uh, so nobody had this... Uh, visualization like now most of computing is happening on sensors and very limited devices so the idea that computing will be anywhere everywhere was very intriguing to me at that uh, point Uh, so now uh, if we think about this vision of uh, having uh, everyday objects uh, communicate and uh, do useful tasks they try to automate uh, the environment around us this was my main interest and one of the biggest uh, motivation for this uh, scenario is really building smart environments, environments that are more sustainable, uh, environments that can uh, and will make uh, energy and other resources consume less while having the users uh, do what they want to do. So in my undergraduate, I did a thesis uh, or a senior project. It was about how to make these environments more safe using programming language uh, concepts It was in the University of Washington with uh, Craig Chambers, and uh, he's a very nice guy, and I was introduced very gently to some of these topics. Then I went to my master, and uh, it was uh, also carrying the same team. I went to University of Essex, Colchester. They had a very nice, uh, unique uh, uh, smart environment and uh, computational intelligence uh, group. So we had a smart apartment where you get a lot of data collected about the user behavior in that environment and you build AI techniques to make this environment uh, better. So my project was a voice uh, system that can be used by the environment uh, residents to put some rules in this rule-based system. Uh, Then in the PhD, I got more into sensors and networking and real-time systems uh, and built a little bit of foundation and cloud and networking. And that was really when I saw that uh, this type of uh, networking and systems and communication 
in addition to Internet of Things, we'll be able to build those envisioned uh, ubiquitous computing smart environments uh, that will be better for all of us. And thank you so much, Ayman. It's it's really a journey where you know you have developed the, also the purpose and the work. And you have mentioned the keywords, you know, the Internet of Things, the interconnectivity, the artificial intelligence. You know how these are um, are the basis for the next industrial revolution. If we think about this concept of uh, industrial revolution, I think at the core of it is the idea of automation. So you will be in a factory, for example. Uh, the factory will have a lot of uh, sensors that will be vision sensors, cameras. There will be temperature sensors. There will be a lot of sensors also in the machinery. And uh, instead of uh, having uh, manual labor risk their lives in some situation, uh, instead of doing a lot of repetitive uh, industrial tasks, through low-paying jobs, you will have the capability to collect information, as I told you in those sensing, uh, store this information, process it, and do some uh, decisions uh, in real time. That's the automation I'm talking about. And it's not only the factory, it's the smart health systems where you collect information about the patient health in real time, process the data, send it to the care providers, health-wise or family. Uh, Also, you will have uh, smart uh, homes, and this is the important one, smart homes or smart buildings, where you will have the data captured about them, and uh, then uh, this will be this Internet of Things layer, where those sensors talk to each other and talk to the back end to make sure that you can optimize. So this is what I have in mind. Other technologies also, Uh, that can be used, for example, is drones. We have drones now that can be used for agriculture products to put the seeds. You have drones that can do monitoring of uh, large environments that do not have the right infrastructure. Uh, So that also can be part of automating the surveillance. Uh, Also, we have other technologies like satellite communication. Uh, So because now we have these sensors deployed everywhere, but in some areas we have a big digital gap. We don't have the same infrastructure like we have in Doha here, 5G everywhere. We have areas where you do not have those towers. You do not have the fiber. So this satellite communication, low power, will be one way to close this digital gap and really have this sustainability task uh, across uh, a lot of areas that have not seen. Also, one thing that I will close with is the cloud, having the right back-end infrastructure. So having access to places where you save the data uh, and maybe sometimes having access to places where you process the data close to the issue. We call it edge computing. Those infrastructures are very necessary also to do the data analytics, the AI tasks that will automate this environment and that will make long-term decision to optimize these environments. So if I were to summarize, The sensing capability of uh, IoT, whether from uh, fixed platform sensors or flying sensors and robots and UAVs, 
the idea of uh, communication infrastructure, 5G satellite, and the convergence of this uh, new communication, and the back-end cloud edge computing with the AI logic that can process this data and make the right decision will be the bedrock of this uh, industrial revolution. A great future then is expecting us, and then that is something that uh, now is, is development, and we see it even now, uh, slowly, slowly, even here in, in Kenya, coming up. You know, you have discussed the Internet of Things, the cloud, the censoring, the communication, this interconnection. How this new technology, how this um, revolution, this process can be an ally to solve the, the pressing issue for our planet. So we are talking about the sustainability, the climate change, the others. If we are talking about, uh, and Qatar is, is uh, really interested in marine environment, for example. Let's talk about marine environment. Now, in those marine environments, uh, with all those ships going uh, to bring a lot of things to the country and moving the oil and natural gas, you would be actually interested to monitor uh, something like the health of this environment. So what can be done and what is uh, being done now is we have those uh, sometimes ships that are for environmental purposes, that are uh, very much big sensors. They have a lot of uh, sensing capabilities for the water, for the heat, for the depth, for the coral leaves. And you can have this mobile sort of sensor going around the coastline and trying uh, regularly to monitor what is happening, what is the effect of this traffic, is there any pollution that is increasing, and try over time to collect this data over long, long periods of time, process it to help the decision makers put the right policy for the marine environment and for uh, maximization of our ports and uh, coastal line. And another example is, uh, let's talk about the air pollution. Qatar is one of the biggest countries that have uh, facilities to extract and uh, do the initial processing for the natural resources, oil and gas. So it is of our interest uh, to make sure that uh, we monitor uh, the effect of this big industrial uh, complex on the air quality. What is the level of pollutant? What is uh, the CO2 level? Uh, and recalibrate from the data that we get from the energy companies and uh, the data that we can monitor through drones, through mobile uh, monitoring stations, and through fixed monitoring stations. Uh, and uh, so if you think about it, uh, monitoring our coastline, monitoring our air space, and making sure things are uh, not affecting the environment will be very critical. And this is just the monitoring. You can also use this technology for uh, to counter the effect. If you think about precision agriculture, you are now talking about uh, looking at uh, agriculture that will use the minimum amount of water, and water is a very scarce resource in Qatar, to make sure you have the highest impact. So you can develop techniques to measure the water uh, humidity and levels in the soil and try to really design these systems using drones, using different type of technology to give the right level of water uh, and maybe the right level of uh, 
those chemicals that will make the health of the plants good. So you want also to make sure in your interventions, when you are putting solutions to maximize your food, minimize your energy and resource consumption, to push these technologies forward uh, and automate as much as possible from this process. You can see now the practicalities and how you work, you know, how you can start solving and putting and use the, the technology. I know you are doing, using an English expression, an awful lot of results now at the university and you are, you are the forefront of many innovative projects. I know, can you share a bit of, uh, for our audience, what is going on at, at the Ahmad bin Khalifa University uh, and then your work there? So we have uh, so many research projects uh, related to energy, environment, food access, uh, related also to some of my work with the Internet of Things and cloud. So we have a very uh, nice uh, project uh, with Iberdrola. It's a Spanish energy company. Uh, and this work is also with the University of Salamanca, Hamad al-Khaifa University, funded by the Qatar National Research Fund. Uh, and in this project, we are developing an intelligent edge computing based uh, building energy management system. So, so in that project, uh, this uh, building energy management system is a system that captures all of the sensory information about uh, a building using those IoT sensors, temperature, presence, uh, light intensity, electricity consumption, humidity, maybe garbage level, uh, as well as a lot of these uh, environmental uh, things that will affect uh, the energy consumption in the building. So this information is uh, gathered and uh, from these IoT sensors. And the goal there is to provide the same level of service. And here we talk about maybe AC, maybe heat. There's a lot of services. We want to provide these services to the user while we optimize the energy consumption, but without sacrificing the user comfort because uh, it has to be also sustainable in that way because we can save a lot of energy by making users unhappy that balance is where it really can help us uh, have these solutions become mainstream uh, so if you talk about very rudimentary things scheduling the open and close of the ac or the heater uh, closing blinds uh, making sure uh, anything that is happening around the house that leads to energy loss, like open windows, is uh, uh, notified to the user. And uh, if you look at uh, more complex things, in this environment, our goal is uh, to understand the depth of the user behavior using these AI algorithms. And this can be easy maybe if you have one user and one system, but if you have these multiple systems that use energy and you have an environment with multiple users living together with conflicting behaviors and preferences or an environment where users move and go so the change in the usage pattern is uh, complex, this environment requires really uh, good knowledge of AI and good uh, way to capture the information. So, so this is the type of environment we want. We also, in this project, wanting to engage the user 
positively. It's not just understanding their behavior and automating everything. It's also bringing them into the process. There is a branch of knowledge now called explainable AI, where it's not just a black box that just does automate your life. You want the user to understand why things happen this way so they can maybe correct. And you also want to engage them with hints. You want to have friendly interfaces, interfaces that will give them the right hint and clues so they can also uh, know what they can change in their behavior to make sure that uh, they will go for this end goal of sustainable, low-energy environment. So, so this is a very nice project. We have all the technologies, edge computing, to process the data close to the user, protect the privacy of the information. We have uh, communication systems here, wireless. We have AI, distributed AI uh, that runs in the edge and in the cloud. It's a very promising project with a good industrial partner and uh, multiple universities to push forward the direction. The second project, but I will not spend a lot of time, it's uh, related to satellite communication. The idea there is uh, to build uh, a communication systems, as I told you, to open up uh, the space of communication. So people who are in areas with low infrastructure, people who are suffering from this digital gap, now will have access to communication through the satellite. So our goal there is to develop the chip, uh, the receiver and the communication chip from the ground and in the satellite. We have a cube satellite we will launch. And a lot of the use scenarios that we envision are related to environmental monitoring and things that will allow low-cost uh, monitoring uh, of uh, large spaces through this uh, innovative uh, communication infrastructure with satellite. Thank you so much, Ayman, to give us these uh, wonderful studies. The first one, it's, it's really important because that is where a lot of energy, a lot of the battle for sustainability, for sustainable homes, sustainable life, and technology can help. And I liked how the user can get feedback and improve. And, and the second one also, I think, is really interesting because one of the problems that we have is the monitoring of large spaces, the ensuring compliance, especially in the fight for deforestation and degradation of land. And with the monitoring of satellites, that will be crucial, you know, to ensure that those areas are protected and work. So this is something that one of the use that you can, I'm really thankful for, for your wonderful job. And I'm sure everybody now is getting more curious like me. We want more, we want more. <laughs> I will ask you, you know, another question to enlarge a bit. You are in the Gulf uh, region, which is one of the highest growing areas, you know, and innovation is there. And we had the expo, we'll have big events also. The, the eyes of the world are there and you see the, the great innovations that are in the region. So we want to ask, to enlarge a bit the perspective, to ask about the sustainability in the Gulf and also some of the work we are doing in the region and, and how to foster the sustainability. So, so Qatar is, uh, there are very huge uh, changes that happened in the last maybe five to six years. The, the climate change agenda and the commitment that Qatar has uh, 
due to the different uh, treaties and the different uh, engagements with the international community. Uh, Qatar has now had, uh, at least for the last uh, three to four years, invested heavily to build uh, the right infrastructure to honor the commitments and be part of this uh, global climate change and sustainability agenda. So like this year, we had uh, the establishment of the Qatar Ministry of Environment and Climate Change. So part of the mandate now of uh, the government Uh, which was there before, but now it's becoming more uh, of a focus point, is to really work on the sustainability and climate change issue, put the right policies and uh, put the right business models. For the last few years, some of the government officials have established uh, the funding necessary, the incentives in terms of land space and uh, some subsidies to allow small and medium businesses to invest in the recycling of of material from waste to open up to use uh, technology like cloud and in their fight against uh, deforestation and the fight of uh, ensuring uh, things are clean and energy efficient. So this has been happening recently. And Qatar also is uh, invested heavily in the last few years in the smart infrastructure. So if we are thinking about heat, there is a lot of uh, buildings here in Qatar Foundation and uh, part of the facilities that will be used for the World Cup that has very Uh, sophisticated uh, heating and uh, AC systems to make sure that uh, there is comfort level that is acceptable to allow people to utilize this space, but also energy uh, efficient. This is happening. This was uh, not the case 10 years ago, maybe, uh, but it's becoming uh, much more important. Uh, Also, investment into research. There's a lot of research, as I told you, in Qatar University, in Hamad bin Khalifa University, and in other smaller local universities. And environment, we have the Institute of Energy and Environment in Hamad bin Khalifa. There is the Environment uh, Science Center in Qatar University for Marine Science. Uh, There is Material Science, the Center of uh, Advanced Materials in Qatar University. And here in the College of Science Engineering and other institutes. So there's a big momentum now. And what I see also is people from different disciplines. Me from ICT. My friend there in the sustainability division in the same college, uh, another friend from social science trying to understand the user behavior. So this is uh, happening a lot now in Qatar here and I think globally, but we are really happy to see it in Qatar because it's a very uh, new thing for the region and uh, for us also here locally. It's great to see, you know, all the, how this uh, movement for sustainability is reaching and also And what I liked a lot is the holistic nature, you know, it's not in silos. You put people from the sustainability field, people from the tech side, people from the social science to bring together and to deliver project. And um, it's really important that Qatar is at the forefront as uh, many other countries, but I see, you know, the work and especially the big research that you are doing. And I want to ask you the final question about your message, your call for action to the audience from your research perspective, your work, 
what you can say to the people that are listening to us all over the world? To be honest, uh, I would like to use uh, this uh, very nice platforms with very diverse audience to say that uh, each one, I mean, uh, me from computer science, uh, communication perspective, uh, some people who are uh, social scientists, uh, some other people who are students, but they have access to big communities. Uh, so th that is for everybody. This fight against this deforestation or pollutants or uh, the high consumption of resources is a big fight and it's not going to be really a success for all of us unless uh, everybody feels and believes that they can contribute, whatever they can, whether through their communities, through their uh, networks, through the science that they do, through the businesses. One of the biggest areas in uh, entrepreneurship is the area of sustainable entrepreneurship. People who think about these problems, not only as uh, social tasks, but as places where they can make money and the right business model to contribute. So with this contribution from everywhere, I think we can make a big difference. Thank you so much. And we are trying also here with these uh, small, our small means in the podcast to, to make our, to give our small contribution and to make voices hard. And you are one of the leader. You're doing a lot of work in Qatar and also in the region, in the entire region, the work that you're doing with other states. So you are you're doing a great work. And uh, I'm, I'm very, very pleased to want this wonderful episode. And I'm sure maybe in the future, we can even have a, a second episode to see where your research and the world has expanded and which result have you achieved. So thank you, thank you so much, Ayman, for your time. Thank you, Sam. Really great work. I'm very grateful to be with you today and to use this platform to discuss these very good issues. Thank you so much. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.